Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Vamos Marauders podcast. My name is Benton. I'm joined with Zach. Zach and our friend Robin Pryor, the president of the Lavender Legion. Hello. Thank you for are, coming on, Robin. Of course. We're, anything for you guys. We are not here under the uh, the best of situations. If you've it's been, been, it's been quite the week. It's totally fine. We all on here it's, to talk about the two wins. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. We didn't even have a full week to digest our uh, that win. That was like, I got to be happy about the team for a day and a, a day. Half. <laughs> that was one of the cooler wins that we we've had, and yeah, so still matter. For those who might not be familiar with everything that's been happening in the past, however long has it been? Not even thirty six hours. hours. Yeah. Thirty six hours. We will quickly recap. What is going on? Do you either of you guys want to speak to it or did you want me to indulge the listener on the story? Well, I guess some context, context. So at, there has been an independent investigation going on. Um, um, involving multiple clubs around the NWSL. Involving multiple clubs with all of the investigating the, the firings that happened last season and yeah. the, the culture that led to uh well i mean in the case of the other two ye- like years and years of of them not getting fired and in the case of louisville's like a person getting fired and then hired at another club yeah um and then fired so, again uh, a lot of bad has been going on in the league for a while and yes finally something starting to be done about it you probably remember uh, and the results of that canceled. independent investigation were released on monday what day is it <laughs> i legitimately do not know tuesday or monday it, we Every, are recording it, the, on the days tuesday have become night. weeks it is october the 4th okay so so here's here's the story so christy and, and this was, investigation was specifically into rory danes who formerly yeah. of Chicago, Paul Riley, specifically the investigation Portland. revolved around mostly while he was at Portland, but he also coached at Western New York and um, North Carolina uh, and, and Christy Holly at Sky Blue and Racing Louisville. Yeah. yeah. And obviously we'll be focusing on the Christy Holly elements because he was the one who became racing Lowell's head coach but before then when he was at sky blue his first head coaching gig which he worked up from assistant to head coach he worked position. from volunteer to head coach in three years sky blue is also a mess and fired everyone else and i think he was the last person left to get the yeah. job That's, which is a glaring yeah. endorsement yeah so he he can uh he 
he was their head coach for a while. They didn't do well. And when he, but he wasn't fired. He, it was a mutual parting of ways. Publicly, he kind was of not start, fired. Yes, right. publicly, he's not fired. I think fired. it's important what, that based on the investigation, it's important that, that publicly the statement the team put out says that they mutually agreed to part ways. So what was circulating rumor-wise afterwards is that he had begun a relationship with a, a current player, one Christy uh, Rapone. Am I saying that uh, right? Pierce, uh, Pierce Rampone, yeah. Rampone. Pierce Rampone. Yeah. Um, I mean, he is, at least to my knowledge, still actively engaged to her. So obviously there yeah, was that's it. something This is where the public-private thing. So like there were rumors that that was what like soured the locker room at the team and why he ultimately got fired. It is not a rumor. It is public that he dated her because he got engaged to her like publicly. That So that's not like, that was not a secret. So he left there. He went to go on to work at U.S. Soccer. He was with the youth team doing scouting reports and whatnot. Um, and then I think it's because of there he he made some connections that helped kind of get him into the next for the racing Louisville position. This is an aside, but did me. you see the footnote from the investigation that in his two years of working for Team USA, he made ten thousand dollars total? That is that. that is the level of work he was doing for them. I oh, just wow. just to put into context the team's like hype package when he was signed about about all the stuff he's done. He was like a scout that made five thousand dollars a year for Team USA. That is the level he was working for them at. Yeah. There's been so much information rolling around. I just completely missed that piece. Yeah, yeah. A lot. There are a lot of footnotes. There are like two thousand footnotes in that. Oh my gosh. Document. So. So two, uh, so two things to, to call out about his hiring, and we'll dive into these more. I don't want you guys to get too riled up when I bring them up. Uh, <laughs> one is that he did not have the appropriate coaching license to hold the role, which is a reason we've been provided why, why like players who are retiring cannot just go on to immediately become like a head coach or something yeah. like that. I've so. seen so many stories written about the bottleneck and the thing that is keeping there from being more women coaches and why there aren't more former players than coaches is that the licensing system is Byzantine and it's hard to navigate and the players don't have the licenses and teams hire the coaches they hire because they have the licenses. And then it turns out doesn't matter if you have the license or not. You it, One, you get two years to get the license after you're hired it turns out. So that should not really factor in at all <laughs> to whether someone's not hired. And two, it turns out that not only did Chris, Christy Hawley not have the license at, at any point in his, in, his, in his coaching career, but Rory Danes coached for eight years before he got the license. Oh my gosh. Insane. And the other, the other kind of issue here is the whole vetting process of, of, of their hiring practice as far as what they did or did not know or what they did or did not ask who they did or did not ask. So some, some opportunities there. Yeah. There was a lot of, um, I just remembered when, after we talked to them about some of this stuff, a lot of weight placed on the, uh, well, we didn't know what we didn't know, you know, in terms of pre-employment, pre-hiring information, yeah. gathering due diligence. So if you um, Googled his name, it came up <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, on I th- the first page, I think. And I, I, I agree. And, you know, someone I live in that world, um, your listeners don't know that I work in HR and, uh, <laughs> sorry, I say that every chance I get, um, it's kind of a joke. Okay. Um, so 
it's, it's, you know, we're a city that's brand new to women, really women's sports in general, let alone a professional women's team. And you have a bunch of people who are used to and accustomed to running the male sports leagues. And um, I, I think that they were honestly out of their element and it's ignorance is not excusable in the eyes of the law for almost all the time. Um, but I can almost, and I'll get some hate for this, but I can explain later. I can almost get past that part because there are some things within the report that are much more severe and much more negatively impactful in my opinion. So I can, I can let that part kind of go to the back burner because there are more things that are more serious than that. I I mean, I I think it says something that that's, I, I agree with you on that one. Like you read the hiring portion of the report and it does not come off as malicious. It comes off as they were out of their depth and not mm-hmm. prepared to be mm-hmm. hiring a coach in this, in, in the league and yeah. did not have expertise in the office yeah, capable you, of, you, of making a decision like that. Like, yeah. <laughs> which is, I guess better than it being malicious, but it's not, it doesn't speak well for the team. No, not no, at I all. Mean, you guys are both totally, totally correct on that one. And it's, it's funny. I, 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 talked with Becky Morgan and she's been, she'd been insistent for quite a while now that there needs to be some NWSL experience in the front office. And I had long disagreed with her on that. I didn't think it was necessary. I'm like soccer is soccer, but I'm uh, I'm eating my words on that one now. So Becky, we all learn and grow. We all learn, you know, it's, it's new for many of us. So, so, well, and I guess we should say based on the report, because the currently Gotham at the time, um, Sky Sky Blue. blue, they mentioned that they brought it up in there, but there is, they cooperated. So they provided their email chain <laughs> and the, their HR person initially wanted to um, give Louisville a much more, I think, informative statement on what happened. And they, their own, they had switched owners in between when he was fired and this time and because the new owner uh, in, in his email, I guess he said, because he was not familiar with the situation when it happened, they ended up, the actual information they shared with racing was much more broad than, than their initial statement in the first email that they included. And so they did not share specifics with racing. They just shared a general, like he was, let go for an HR incident ended up how they, how they told it to racing and that not to jump ahead, but that's exactly the, the problem that's come up when Christie was eventually fired from, from racing. It's a, it's that perpetuated thing. It wasn't damning enough, I guess, for lack of a better term, yeah. but we're getting a little have ourselves on that one. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, the whole hiring process of that, I think we can agree was, there was a lot of naivety there. It wasn't, Mm-hmm. any form of malice but there was certainly Lessons well and maybe or... i'm just like way too competitive but like if i am running a team who's trying to beat other teams in a sport i'm not just gonna like call another team and be like hey is this coach good should i hire him and they'll be like yeah you should like i'm not gonna trust another team that I'm, that's trying to compete with me 
I mean, you have to do your due diligence, like so well, they can't also, like, not do that. I, this this comes up. So this is like a league wide thing because this also comes up with the um, with the Riley side of things because I think specifically a thing an, an exchange that happens in that one is that his new team called his old team and and the Portland GM was like oh I'd I'd hire him again like if someone fires someone do not trust them if they say that they would hire them again <laughs> yeah so. That, I mean, so the hiring stuff definitely, definitely issues there, but not the biggest portion, but certainly things to bring up. I think for what it is worth, apparently it is on the league to be running that the certification portion of things. Um, so theoretically, that doesn't fall on racing's hands, but well, I mean, that's a, that's a drop in the bucket compared in there to everything else. That essentially made it sound like, well, Portland and Los Angeles we're attracting all the good candidates and this is sort of all we could get <laughs> that that's yeah, like a quote from uh yeah it doesn't yes, that, it doesn't the footnote on that attributes that to a racing i don't know what that was from because i couldn't find the footnote um yeah it doesn't it doesn't look it is good, not, but... does not shine the best light on the process but it's just like so well well in reality according to what we were told they had so many candidates they couldn't keep up so how i like that's really all you had to well zach from. and i applied does, so they had to look through our applications it does look oh, right with your old man league experience yeah so it seems like they were not i mean it, it seems like from what i've read about it they were not offering a salary that could compete with what portland who was in a coaching search at the time was offering and what los angeles who did not exist yet but i think a lot of coaches were that was on people's radar. They were vying for that job. Uh, and it, it looks to me <laughs> like they had to settle for who they could get. And then they tried really, really hard to sell the person that they hired as best they could after them. And that included maybe fudging some details to paint them in a much rosier light than I think in real life. They, they're, they're, um, their actual credentials justified. Certainly not a good situation. Christie is hired at Racing Louisville. Then we have our expansion draft. The one the players selected will not be named, but this is uh, player focus. Was a player that he had had brought on during his time at Sky Blue and had formed a kind of a, I think what was described as like a mentor-mentee sort of relationship. Yes. Should yes. I give my disclaimer on on the player naming thing? Just for yeah. for the rest of the episode okay so i i guess it's important for people to know that the players that came forth were not anonymous and were very brave and came forth with their names um but and so all of that is publicly available if people doubt that some like it, it's not an anonymous report um but also for the purpose of this podcast it really doesn't matter who the players were and so i don't think it adds anything to be bringing up their name any more than it needs to be so we are for the this recording we are going to keep all of the players anonymous but that they 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 did not report it anonymously they like they they cooperated with the report publicly Mm -hmm. on the record so we'll just call this person player a player a 
just just so we have some sort of identification there. Yeah. So player A was was I believe actually a trialist that got signed on to 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 Sky Blue. So yep. very like fringe, like barely made the cut sort of thing, and then kind of developed this mentor mentee relationship. And one day player A made some sort of like sexual innuendo, like that's what she said sort of joke. And I think well, I guess player A, after he parted ways with the team, continued to do workouts with him and his I guess then fiance. I've still not found out if <laughs> anyway, it went with Kristen Rem uh Rampone. And then after several workouts where it was the three of them, there was one workout where it was just player A and mm-hmm. Christy Holly. Right. Yeah. And leaving the field, she made a the office, that's what she said joke. Yeah. And he was like, Oh, I didn't know you were like that. Yeah. So that kind of, I guess, I don't know if that kick started something for him where where he starts to solicit for, for pictures, videos, just uh, lewd conversation via via text that that persisted even when they were were part kind of doing their own separate things. Fast forward to racing Louisville, we have the expansion draft I, and player. I think another okay. relevant thing is um, she got some call up time with the under twenty three team, and he yes. definitely tried in text messages to her to make that seem like that was because he pulled some strings for it to happen. Exactly. And listener, like there's like 50 pages of this and we've, our heads have been, there is, the past there is 300 half, so. pages. Of it. Yeah, Zach's going to have reports. to keep correcting me. I, so sorry, I read guys. the entire Zach have part and Zach, I have do you, not, do you want to walk through this? I think your, no, your mind I, is a little straight. I think this mine. is working good. Cause you're, you're more concise than me. I'll get on tangents. Okay. Um, I think this is working. So yeah, you can Bear just keep us, the, guys. We're... you hit the high notes. And if I feel like there's any information that is burned into my brain, I will put that on other people. We're, we're emotional people. So just bear with us. So player a is, yeah. So she got that, that call up time. Like there's like, there's something has started. Something not good has started and the players already kind of uncomfortable, but at the same time use this person as a friend and a mentor. Right. Like, there, like, there's still like some level of trust there and appreciation there. But at the same time, she knows what's happening isn't okay. Well, and so. I think relevant to the, I mean, to the big picture of the report, this person is still involved enough in in the women's soccer landscape that, like, there's a pressure that for the player that I have to remain on good terms with this person because yes. he is able to. That he is still on good terms with enough people in women's soccer that I he mean, can affect which places I go to play. Right. He was arguably still relevant till like two days ago. Yeah. Arguably. Which is insane. However, so Christy goes to racing. Racing has their expansion draft and player A is selected mm-hmm. from from her team to go to racing Louisville. Um, player A also has a friend, player B. Mm-hmm who is aware of all this that has been going on and also ends up at racing level. So player a has a friend and a confidant now on the team. Things, uh, things are pretty challenging for racing. They're not, they're not. Can I, can I add another relevant detail because it's so gross? Yeah. Player a 
texts Christy Holly after the draft to tell him, oh, since you're officially my coach now, I guess this can't continue. Yeah. And he was like, well, it's not official till January, which is the grossest thing. And also also an acknowledgement that it's not okay once he's her coach. No. And ignoring that it's not okay anyway. Yeah, it's not okay anyway. Right, you know? Yeah. Oh my God. You know, we're kicking off season one. I mean, obviously, go look at the record. Season one wasn't good, but I mean, it's expansion team. What do you expect? Um, and Christy is apparently very hot or cold with people. You know, he can be uh, it can be very abrasive, yelling, just very temperamental. And on the other side, he's a really charming individual and very and what what turns out to be manipulative and it's hard to see it in real time i'll be fully transparent you know i i'd met christy and like his charm swooped me away like i i thought he was awesome he was super personable i, I we shared beers with him and we, we did. talked like, about all kinds of things with him I, as i got i got yeah, yeah I, not like i knew anything was going on but like i didn't i didn't notice anything was wrong i'm like oh he's cool because you know He's, he, you know, the coach will talk to me. The coach knows who I am. That's kind of neat. And he was, he would, he would take all times, all kinds of time to talk with you. Like, so I, when, when people are talking about him being like air quote charming, like I, I get that he's, he's, it's manipulative. I there is a quote in the report that he is, I, I think a player, a player said that he is the type of person that says the right things and does the wrong things. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, I, he never had the do anything for me and he said all the right things i'm just trying to give that context of like mm-hmm. these players weren't naive like he was he was good at being manipulative he was manipulative yeah i think it should it should be clear because like whas has been doing some very good interviews with former players and this is like a recurring thing that he's very manipulative he very early in the season like planted seeds about players that he was going to be a abusive he went ahead and told like team captains ahead of time like oh this player complains a lot and 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 doesn't want to work and needs to be pushed um to like go ahead and set up ahead of time like the ability to retaliate against people yeah and that and that was honestly that the interview that you're referencing there that was that one hit particularly hard like i i understood what she was saying Mm -hmm. anyway i yeah. I, I, I digress south. Um, so he's he's setting up this these network of relationships, planting planting the seeds and of of how he wants these relationships to form with other people, you know, being charming with some and abrasive and hostile to others. Um, there's very starts a relationship with a staff. Oh, I totally I keep forgetting Remember. that part. Yeah, very early on, <laughs> and is reported for that um and and apparently that that went nowhere the team determined that that was a consensual okay relationship but like there were reports that of favoritism to the staff member that he was in a relationship with um and they were they were it, it the report does not get into specifics but it's a person who uh, it's a staff member who had contact with the team it was apparently like very demanding and made lots of weird request with the team and the players that reported that felt like she was getting preferential treatment by the coach 
and yeah. and having more say so than her position would normally allow. Now, the report talks about a number of cases of verb like verbal abuse and other pretty you know serious mishandlings and it doesn't go into detail on all of them. One of them like one particular sort of scenario that stands out to me is like a case of player being reported injured but him kind of going against what like the the team like uh team doctors are are saying are best wanting players to play injured mm-hmm. yep and then you know cases of verbal abuse it's just he, he sucks to play for is what it's it's the paint picture that's being painted he takes uh, so these concerns and, and various times are taking forward to the club to james o'connor joc and According to the report, what has happened is James brings the players in with the coach and essentially just tries to have a powwow where they just hash it out, which is not what you want to do because because what happens next is that Christie can now identify the individuals that are complaining about him, and he's retaliating about them. And now all of a sudden, these players went to the one source they thought they could go to, the club president. Realizing now that they can't, they have no avenue to turn to. And so if they want a job in the NWSL, they just kind of have to deal with it. This is the reality there. Okay, can we, is this the time that we dig into this piece or no? Well, you guys are kind of just digging in whatever. So let's just, yeah, so let's just, I go, just go ahead. I'm really, I, I think my purpose here tonight is really just to add um, commentary and experience from an SG leadership perspective. I don't, I'm not nearly as versed in the details of this as Zach is. So I just, I really want to just add some context. I wish I was not. <laughs> I, re- I really just want to add some context from a more experiential point of view and less of a, um, you know, a brain power point of view. So um, I, I think for me, the, the escalation piece is really one of the more severe things uh, in the investigation in the report because there are no less than three instances of um, scenarios that were brought forward to club, uh, soccer holdings, leadership, whatever, that were ignored, that were dismissed, diminished, and further encouraged not to bring any more forward. So I, for me, that is really, 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 really upsetting because you're letting, you're, you're enabling and allowing a, a abusive misconduct and behavior to happen to your employees, their players and their athletes, but to this organization, those athletes are their employees. How can you stand by and let your management uh, exhibit misconduct to and abuse to these players? How are you okay with that? And how are you sleeping at night saying, don't bring any more of this forward to me? I'm discouraging you from telling you from complaining. Yes. Because why why? Because you don't want to deal with it? Because and and you know what? HR was in place. So how, how, how? One thing that comes up in the report is uh, this is uh, more of a problem in the, the Rory Dames and Paul Riley sections, but at the time those abuses were going on, most of the teams did not have HR departments period. And the league did not have one. Um, I know it was the Portland players. One of the big issues is that they just, 
could not figure out who they were even supposed to report this to because the team didn't have an HR person and the league did not have an HR person. And like, this was not a situation like that. I mean, because like structurally the team has, I think more of a front office in place because Louisville city was already an existing team. There's a lot of that there. Like there are, there is an HR department from the start here. And, and, and it doesn't really go into about the accessibility of, of said HR department um, and whatnot. So hope that changes, but um, so. Well, and I, so all of these things that we've covered are like the publicly, mm-hmm. the, the things the team was aware of that were happening in the open. This, this there is, is a whole other side knew. of this that I think you're probably going to get to. Well, I yeah. guess. I'll mention this because this is the thing the team was aware of too. So uh, it comes up in the report that he was living in the apartment complex that the players lived in and was the only staff person doing so at the time. So this was not a common practice for the team. And so I just want to recap, like I understand during the hiring process, I think as Robin mentioned in HR, like I think HR departments do not want to be making decisions based on rumors they saw on the internet because that accurate but if you see rumors on the internet about a coach that you're hiring has a history of relationship with players maybe there's a rumor about that and then you hire said person and they ask to stay in the player's apartment complex and also immediately start a relationship with a staff member on the team that should be like a giant red flag about said person (laughs) So before we dive into this situation with player A, how do we want to be detailed? I almost feel like we might need, a, do we need like a trigger warning? We this is going to get triggering. Not definitely need a content warning. I like, I think we can be mindful of how we say things, but there's yes. just the nature of the content is just going to be heavy and really, uh, can can potentially bring previous trauma to the surface if you've experienced this before. So but, definitely um, just, we will be as careful as we can, but this yeah. is information that needs to be shared. We will try not you... to be vulgar about it, but I do think the specifics of what was reported, I think are important Agreed. to yeah. distinguish that the sort of abuse that we are talking about Agreed. here. So. That, Agreed. That, that Fair. Just Fair. to establish that this is not like a, he was overly, mean, like those things we've talked about, he was mean to yeah. players and, and things like that. I think it's important to get in the specifics of what is so going on here. If, if you don't want to listen to this, fast forward a couple minutes. If you do listen to it, I will try to be very selectively wording and you guys can tell me if I'm being too selective. How about that? Yeah. So there were two kind of, I'll call them major instances that, that, that are coming to mind on that. And, and Zach, you might have to recall to me anything else that I'm well, missing one. I believe checking the footnotes, major incident number one, I believe it is reported to have happened sort of in that in between. It, it is pre-racing so, Louisville. Let me do this. Let me, let, me, let me mention what the two are at a high yeah. level, and then you can correct my timeline. And the, the two, two main big things that had come up was one, there was an – instance where he had player a come over he had turned on adult material onto the tv he and he invited player a over to review game film yes 
I think is is an important thing to yeah. That's how. He, that's Why don't how you take he, this one? Because I think I'm going to get the timeline mixed yeah, up. Because I was ahead, going sorry. with the uh, the other one first. Yes. No. No. Both. Both of those start this way. Yeah. So he invited player A over to his house to review game film, mm-hmm. and then um, when player A arrived at the house, instead of putting on game film, he put on pornography, and then started dancing with himself. In the words yes. of Billy Idol, he was inappropriately touching himself yes and yes. wanting the player a to watch yes now mm-hmm. just to establish the pattern of what's happening player a also mentions that there were other instances where she was invited over to the house and player a's like current partner was at the house and he would do things like grab her inappropriately when partner was turning the other way when when C- christy's partner not mm-hmm. player yeah yes yeah uh, okay so there's other so, things going on but we're, we're going to highlight that the there is a ones. there's a pattern it's a grooming thing there's like a pattern of escalation here yeah. over a yeah. long period of time yeah we'll, we'll we'll get to that i want to talk about that okay and the second thing is that he has player a come over again for game film which a player watching game film with the coach alone is not a normal thing in the team wondering. office in the team so office. Th- this one happens in um they said at the stadium i i don't know if that was like a miss that i i'm not i don't i there's I, there's, there's just empty rooms up there there's a film so it, this says it was at the stadium it, it, at the place where they review game film so this time rather than just watching him touch himself he says that for every pass player a messes up he is going to touch her and he he, he does. I mean, he, he does so well, I, 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 under the clothing. And mm-hmm. I, I, I think it is important to player a mentions that he had, he, he had attempted multiple times to get her alone to watch this and she had deflected it and always tried to have, uh, so I guess this is where player B really comes into the story yes, because sure. that this it, like, previous attempts to get her alone she had always made sure to bring it was usually player b with her um and christy referred to player b we can't so um very explicit term cock block so she had multiple times tried to get out of being alone with him Mm -hmm. and and was so terrified of this one where she was not able to get out of it that it does mention she specifically had player B help her pick out tight fitting clothes that would be hard to reach into mm-hmm. um, ahead of time. So, yeah. And also she tried to fend off advances um, by, you know, closing her body her and crossing and her legs and trying to make herself inaccessible. Uh, with- trying to make it clear that this yeah. was not yeah. Yeah. consensual. Right. So. I think now is a good point to kind of talk about the power dynamic element of things, because I think that's really important. So going back, like we said, this was a fringe player. She like made the team that sky blue, she made sky blue via tryout. He, he brought her in and made it, made it clear that he was, you know, her, her guardian angel, you know, essentially, and got her, I'm going to use air quote, got her that opportunity at the national team. He was very much cultivating this relationship in which he was the one helping her 
and that she needed him. And then you'll come, uh, you know, and then now all of a sudden, he's her coach again here at Racing Louisville, and now has con- full control over her destiny. She can't just tell him to to f off. She, I mean, he's her boss. Like, and and apparently, when these escalations are being brought forward to the club, they're basically falling on deaf ears or being mishandled. So she has no recourse on anybody she can turn to for this. So if she wants to play in the league, she has to just endure this, deal with this. And I mean, player B is in a similar position where she knows all this is going on, but is in the same exact boat. Can't do anything about it. They have no no path forward to, to, no to solving this, to making this stop without their career taking a hit. And these these girls have, have worked a lot put in many hours on the soccer pitch to get where they're at to play in this, this top league. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know if you guys will have, have anything to expand upon there, but I think this is a very important thing. This is where the manipulation comes into play. This wasn't an accident that he got, he was getting with her. Like no. this is set up a long time ago. Premeditated. Absolutely. Um, so yes. So this Instant occurred. Touched her non-consensually under clothes. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was after this incident that she was able to get up the nerve to send him a message saying that he is her coach and only her coach and that she is not okay with, with all of the other things that have been happening so at what uh, point, like in between all this too, there are, you know, text messages and Snapchats and other forms of images that he is yeah, that's sending her. He is sending explicit images to her. Yeah. And, he's, and apparently he's persistent yeah. too, where she can't yes. just ghost him or say she didn't get something like he is. Yeah. It mentions that she would get it. multiple, multiple messages in a row. if She did not respond yeah. quickly. Yeah. So um, all that on top of. Yeah. So it's two things happen after this, which is she. She tech she relays that message to him and he's like, Well, fine, I'm only coach now. Um and and then also um she goes to one of the team captains mm-hmm. um and and requests that there be no more one-on-one video review sessions. Then the captain brought back that brought that back to the coach and um the coach got very angry and and uh, asked who who made that request. And then player A basically says that after this point is when the abuse at practice really ramped up. That yeah, he began trying to humili- humiliate her in practice and in games. I guess this is like this is a side thing to all of this, but it, apparently at both Sky Blue and here, like one of his weird power plays he would do is that he would not let the players know who would be dressed for a game until like literally the last minute and would like try to encourage the players to beg him to play in the games and, and things like that. That was that is so it, gross. like it, grand scheme of things. That's not like the biggest thing that happened, but I think is a pretty good it example. Adds a layer. The type of manipulative power hungry person he yeah. is. Yeah, it's um, a, good ex- a good example of the, uh, the character that you're dealing with. Yeah. But yeah. And so he was, uh, I mean, it mentions that, like she was crying after games 
in this period. Yes. Um, She'd go up and hug other staff members after the yeah. game and um, they try to shield her from him. Yeah. And I, I guess I was not aware of this was a thing until the report, but I guess there's a team chaplain. Um, and so she went to the team chaplain. Um, I think that is possibly who she was hugging in that. I think so. Oh, I is. think you're right. Um, yeah. yeah, it is. I remember and that specifically told all of this to the team chaplain, like about the, the history mm-hmm. and, and the meeting and the team chaplain is who eventually went to the team that uh, went to the Leadership. team about it. This is We're another get- thing just on the league. Apparently the league does not have a protocol for this, for the chaplains. So she, she did not know what to do. Like she, the, the chaplain told her this and she's like, well, if she were a minor, then I would immediately go to the police about this. But because she was not a minor and there was not specifically a protocol in place for when this happened, she went to the, like, whoever runs the chaplain corps for the league or whatever. And they were like, oh, we don't know what to do. She's not a minor, which I don't really think matters a whole lot here. But anyway, um, she ended up going to her church, her, her personal church about it. And I think they were who like recommended that she should probably tell the team about what she was told. There's some amount of time passes mm-hmm. between when she's told about it and when she tells the team because of all of this going, trying to figure out what the protocol is for this. I guess the line that we have heard is that from when the chaplain goes to the team about it to when he is fired is like a day. Not even. It's like yeah. 12 hours. Yeah. It, apparently hey, there's a little in the in the report called coach holly into the office and just like getting the call before they had even gotten into it he threw his keys across the table yeah he admitted so once they confronted him with whatever issue they were told um he according to what we were told you know post termination he admitted to the wrongdoings whatever those quote-unquote wrongdoings at the time were so yeah, he was fully aware of what he had done and he knew exactly why he was being called into the office. Um, and yeah, he did throw, that's what I read as well. He threw the keys in. And even, even the stuff in the report Not that it itself, matters, that, but talking he was to her after the fact. extremely yeah. aware that this was not appropriate. Yeah. It was escalated and pretty quickly after this, these particular occurrences were, were brought forth to the front office, he was, he was terminated. Mm-hmm. which yeah that was At good the that time, they acted quickly on that you know what though I, at the time yes let's give them a gold star i will say the thing that is alleged is an amount of explicit that like i mean like it's very good that they didn't keep him hired right but i don't see how he how you don't fire him like I, it, it's it's good that they didn't keep him hired but it's not like a super high bar to mm-hmm. fire someone who fondles an employee yeah in, and i in, at, at a work office and they knew before this happened that it was happening i cannot be convinced otherwise there were things like i mentioned they knew he was staying in the apartment and, and 
I, I guess one thing we didn't mention is player A cites that specifically as a thing that terrified her when she found out he was going to be staying in the apartment as the same part as players that was like very terrifying for her. Well, yeah, yeah. The investigation has not found any information that the team knew any of the specifics of the abuse that he was fired that of the sexual abuse until the chaplain went to them that is that is legally as best we know the, the first they found out about that specific well, they knew I, he had a pattern of behavior yes yeah i think i think a lot of people's hang-ups is well, like, i mean there's a number of things so one of them being he was the reported fact- for the relationship with the staff member so they were they were aware of that for sure and that was reported early in the season and nothing came of that so yeah, there's uh, they were there's, they were for sure aware of that already but it, it seems like there were other instances not necessarily mm-hmm. the sexual nature like the ver- like any sort of i guess alleged verbal abuse or you know pl- ma- making players play while injured and these these other behavioral problems with the coach were weird power plays based- like not announcing his yeah. dressing for the game until 5 minutes before the game and and the culmination of those things again they were it sounds like they were brought forward and not appropriately dealt with. And I think that's one aspect of what people are struggling with about this. I mean, we all agree that Christy Holly is a piece of shit, but as far as it comes mm-hmm. to the front office and their liability is well, not the right word, culpability. And this is another like thing that it's not really to the credit of the team because it's like the least you could do. But unlike in the other firing instance and in- incidences in the report, they did in the press release say that he was fired for cause yeah it was not spun as a mutual departure it was not spun like they they were explicit that it was not for any on the field or job performance reasons they uh they were not specific about what it was but they they did say that it was for cause which is a thing at the time i i gave the team i think credit or at ne- least being upfront about that. And that's the next big, big talking point. But before that, so when they part ways with, with Christy Hawley, they, the club and Christy Hawley engage in a non-disclosure agreement for the sake of preserving the anonymity of player A. They do not want mm-hmm. this coach going out there and talking about player A. And in doing so, the statement that they released about his termination were saying, like you said, he was released for cause with the intention i believe to be to make it clear that he did something shitty but at the same time also i guess kind of hide or preserve what would happen in this situation and not talk about because of that nda which is i well, think probably one of the one of the biggest issues that people are, are having at the moment with with the club is the situation surrounding that this is another tangent but i guess we should also mention player b um mentions that she feels that after after the like showing up to meetings with player a so that she wouldn't be alone and and like the name calling from the coach for her she led she feels that she was retaliated against by having her playtime cut um by him i not to get in specific about who the player is but it was a pretty public uh it was a pretty public frustration among right. the fans last season yeah. that player yeah. B was not getting the amount of playtime that it seemed like she should have been getting. Yeah. Um, 
So I would say that there's probably a lot of weight to these allegations just from the outside at looking at the playtime. Um, and player B's agent alleges that even post firing, um, uh, Christy Holly has been using his contacts. He still has with the league to, to prevent her from getting another position on another team in the league. Um, You're joking, right? That, that is, there is a footnote in there that, that, that is from her agent. I will just give that. Um, but yeah, not taking the specifics, but player B is not currently playing in the NWSL. So um, yeah. So the, the situation with this by by engaging in this and uh, um this uh NDA and by having the statement be intentionally vague they they were trying to get the best of both worlds they were trying to trying to preserve the anonymity of the player while also i guess preserving how things might look for them while also being i think overly cautious about getting sued by the coach yeah i mean i think it's lawyers, safe to say lawyers because definitely had the vagueness of the station you can you could protect the anonymity of the player and have a much less vague statement than that yeah, um, yeah. agreed yeah i mean it, it could it could come down to as far as what they felt they had evidence wise and defamation and whatnot and i'm not even going to pretend like i know or fully understand these laws if there should or should not have been factors at play, but one way or another, that's the statement that they come up with. And by doing that, like Sky Blue, they were vague. And theoretically, he could have still been hired. Nothing had forthright come out saying that he had did something so egregious that he should never be hired again. And I and I think that's the crux. It, it, it stop me if you think well, I'm I, I think that's the crux of a lot of people's issues with everything going on a lot of issues but this is a really big one we discussed like the way sky blue watered down their initial planned response to racing louisville versus what they actually said in the meeting where racing louisville landed with the statement ended up being a lot closer to that second statement from sky blue than the first one because basically sky blue told racing that it was an hr issue and not an on the field issue which is basically what the for cause yeah thing is saying yeah. so it, it, they ended up not being any more specific really than than what they had been told by sky blue yeah it's but the problem the problem is is that you have to get to that that level of specificity there's there's you're leaving too much open where people can assume a positive intent when it's not when it shouldn't be applied to that situation so we need it to get to da- it wasn't damning enough we need to get to the next problem that happens the next day after Holly is fired. We need to get to the problem of the press conference. Um, oh, yes. What, do, you, do you want to talk about that one? Yeah, I'd love to just for a minute. Um, I, and again, you know, in retrospect, I have a lot more insight and knowledge than I did a year ago. Uh, on the surface. So um, at the time when are we, are we saying James's name? <laughs> yeah, we can say it. James's name. Okay. At players are the only ones who, who are not getting named here. <laughs> at the time. President Jay. Yeah. President Jay. Uh, well, he was, well, he was not, EVP then, wasn't he? Not at the time, President. Yeah. I, I yeah, think that's right. He was so, executive vice not president. To, not to throw people in. I, yeah. So 
James is rightfully getting a lot of heat for this, but I think it is probably important to mention in context that at at this moment, Brad is the president of the team when all of this is happening. Yes. So the next day, press conference is called. Uh, James O'Connor is, you know, the one to speak to the press. Um, I remember watching this and explicitly him being asked, was it result of something illegal or did he do something illegal or something like that? Um, He looked at the camera, chuckled to the side and said, no, I think that's subjective. I don't know if I would call it illegal. I'll plead the fifth and take the lawyer term on that. Ha ha ha. So at the time, I, th- I don't know why I didn't s- read more into that. I, I think a lot of us kind of brushed it off, but at the time, but now since when is sexual abuse and misconduct a subjective and b not illegal? Yeah. And I guess I will just cause this, this stuck out to me in the report. There is a, a line in the report when the team I think it's in when the team is talking about like in that interim between when they found out and when they fired him and they referred to the incident as has, as him inappropriately touching a player on, in the, on the thigh. Um, and that is not the touching that player a alleges in the interview with the report. Right. Correct. Um, but that is, this was not a public thing, but that is how the team was character characterizing it. So, not to James's defense, but I, there does appear to be like a little bit of a disconnect on what everyone is saying happened in that meeting. Well, and to uh, to to his response as well, the the twist of words and the tone in which he said them insinuated more of a consensual, inappropriate relationship than it did the actual abuse of power, sexual abuse, things that were actually happening. That's, that's completely, in my opinion, a form of manipulation to the public, to the fans, to. I I, I would argue a coach player. I mean, so uh, this is to backtrack, but one of the, one of the issues at sky blue and the reason this went on for so long before they actually parted away it, cause it, it sort of is made, made out, Sky Blue, it seems like he got fired mostly because he lost the locker room and and was like not in control of the team anymore and not necessarily because of having a relationship with a player. Um, and a thing that comes up a lot in that section is that the team said they didn't know what to do about it because the league did not have any rule and the team did not have any rule that said a player could not, or a coach could not have a relationship with a player. And so their conclusion was that if it was a consensual relationship, that they could not do anything about that because there were no rules in place to say that that was not allowed. If you go onto the Sherm website and download some sort of template <laughs> employee handbook, I 1000% guarantee oh, you there, there's going to this be is a where section I'm about to go. in there. So about just because you can doesn't mean you should. Employee relationship. I guarantee so, that is in the fucking template. Yes. But this is so, I mean, the league is a mess in the front office. Like, I mean, when it, this is not nearly as important as sexual harassment, but like, they still don't have a rule about how players can go from the academy to the team because they just like, they don't, they're not proactive on any of this stuff. And so 
they were just flying with no, there was no hotline to report things. There was no, there was no official rule saying that this was not allowed. And so, um, anyway, I just want to mention that's a thing that comes up on the sky blue end of this. By the time we get to racing, I don't think that's the same, but I would argue there is no such thing as a consensual relationship between a, pl- a coach and a player. That, right. That's why it's that a is, fucking template. But, yeah, that is, that is that is an imbalance of power that does not allow for that. Like, not to, dimin- to, to diminish, um, like, his fiance's like, personhood and ability to make her own decisions, but, like, that's just... That power imbalance is too much. You you can't what generally happens there if there's a situation like that in a traditional workplace is those two cannot work with one another. That employee under them or the manager above have to go to, to different areas of the yep. business. Like they uh, that's the that to happen. It's already a problem with the relationship he's having with the staff member. And you see examples of specifically the reason why that that's a rule that businesses have is because it leads to like at the very least, allegations of favoritism from people. They like, had HR when he had the relationship with yeah. the staff member. What it, is, like, yeah. when, when was this, I'm sorry, I'm just like, I cannot even understand. When was anybody gonna fucking say anything? Um, so anyway, it, it's just like, one, it, it sets up, like the ability for abuse and also obviously like players don't want to lose their job. So like, yeah, I'll say like it was consensual if someone asked me, but two, it's just not good for your business. Cause it like, it, like there's all of these stories that sky blue about killed the locker room of the team because he, like he had a relationship with the player players knew about it. Like there were allegations of favoritism. People thought he was like treating her that, that you know, it, it's just like, Sexual harassment aside, it's just terrible. This is basic for, policy management. Yeah, this it's just terrible basic... for your business to have that dynamic in place. I, I forgot where we were, Benton. This is why I'm here. I'm here on the guardrails. <laughs> the, so the press conference happens, and then honestly, for the most part, I think you know. Stop me if you think I'm wrong. I think we all thought we heard the most that we ever going to hear about it, and people wanted I, to know more. Yeah, that was a thing more, at the time. I think there. I think there's a level of like. Like we're never gonna probably hear the full story. Are they gave us popcorn and, with no butter? What? I think I said. Um, I think I said. Like we'll find out eventually. To, yeah, to jokes on better. you, Zach. It's probably Joke is on you. It's probably better to like get out ahead of it. As anyway, okay. yeah, so we know now. Fast, fast forward to like what a consistent thing ago, with soccer ago. holdings I, is. It's better to get out ahead of things. Um, and. This, this report comes out, and in it, the report says that there's three clubs that did not cooperate with the report, Racing Louisville being one of them, and Racing Louisville citing the NDA on why they, they could not cooperate. Throw they, the NDA out the window. Who it don't matter. Is he going to sue you? That's like the most favorable lawsuit for you ever. It makes you look so exactly. good if he sues you. Exactly. Um, but – I, I want to mention, because there's some specifics about the language here. So they said not only did the team not cooperate or provide, so the other teams provided emails and and documents. So they say in the report that Racing Mobile did not cooperate and provide documents 
They also prevented current and former employees from cooperating. That is how it's that is how it is is stated in the report. Before we talk about the like where to go from here and think it really open and wide, I do want to make a caveat for the listener that if you are able to, I'd strongly encourage you to read the report for yourself. Yeah. It's probably gonna trigger warning. It gets way more explicit than yeah. we got on this show. Yeah, oh, you'll, for you'll, sure. you'll know you'll know exactly what's what's been made available and when I was only reading tidbits of it and pieces of it on Twitter and finally read it through really it, it is answered, different when you read the full thing in context yep. it, it than is. any and, snippet and it, you can read. It added a lot, it added a lot of context and answered a lot of questions that it I was, was written having. by the deputy attorney general. So it's well done. It's it's, and it moves very quickly as far as like it's writing, like it's very factual, very whatever people don't care about that, but very just, well organized. It is. Yes. Thank you. So just, Read it if you are are able to and, and to get that full context. So now I think the next thing, this is a bit more open-ended than what we've been talking about well, previously. I guess I will specify parallel to this investigation. This is an independent investigation going on. There is also a non-independent league run investigation that is going on. And I, I don't know where to attribute this to because I've seen so many, so much information. It, I, I do believe it at some point it's mentioned that the team says they're cooperating with the league investigation. I don't know how much that matters. The independent one's the one that matters. I don't, the league is who allowed this to happen for 10 years. So I don't really care about the league's investigation. I agree. Where to go from here. And this is something I'm curious your guys' opinions on is obviously we want change. We want our voices to be heard about implementing that change. We want our players to be protected, but how, do you go about making that your voice heard to the front office? And I've seen a lot of ideas and whatnot thrown out there, and I don't think there's a, a perfect solve for that. Obviously, financially impacting the club is is one avenue that many people think would be effective to force that change, which I well, get. But the, the, the caveat there is that that hits the players then. Too. Man, I'm going to be real upfront about one of them because it's one of the recommendations in the report. I, I, I guess we, one thing the team did is they did inspire some change. Recommended. So the report recommends no NDAs anymore in the league. Oh, I agree with that. Uh, yeah. And I think for the team, I, I don't want to hear about another freaking NDA. Did you see where the Senate passed a bill about um, reducing restrictions on NDAs today? No. Yeah, it was literally a bill passed today. And I don't want to just happen to be so. Uh, It says I I found it. It I just want to point out like it it seems to me like the team is trying to make it out. So like the investigation comes and they're like, sorry, my hands are tied. I can't do it. And they are the ones that tied their hands. Yeah. It, like. Again, another, I think, important caveat here is at the time of this recording, which is Tuesday late night, we have yet to see any sort of statement from uh, from Racing Louisville. Correct. Yes, I guess that's another thing happening. to it's mention just, is that yeah. it's, it's Chicago and Portland have both put out statements. And both yeah. of them have made front office moves. As well, yes. in both Portland and Chicago, front office people have have stepped away from being in control of the the women. Well, in, in the Portland case, in, in control of the women's making decisions on the women's side of the team, because there's 
they're they're a similar setup with a men's side and a women's side and in in chicago's instance the owner is stepping away from making decisions for the team with involving the the time this recording we we don't know what is going to happen with racing we don't know if there's going to be any personnel decisions we don't know what they're going to say or do it's right now a complete mystery and we're going on what 36 almost 48 hours and we've we've not heard anything I feel gross because this is a thing we were already complaining about for soccer reasons separate from all of this. Like racing needs their own front office structure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and the thing that bugs me and has bug, bugged me ever since Brad left as president is James was in charge of like player development and soccer operations and Brad was the president. And Brad left as president and James became president. But that soccer operations job never got backfilled. So he's just doing both jobs now, I guess. So not yes. only is he over two teams, but he has two separate jobs for both teams as well. So like, it's, I mean, the the thing gets into this about them not wanting to offer enough pay to get a, 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 a good coach during the coaching search. They got to have the front office organized like a actual professional sports team and have like, people in charge of the separate operation sides. It, people can't just do everything themselves. You're right. So I, my lingering questions, I mean, obviously the report makes recommendations on what they should do. And we'll find out if the clubs or the league or implements any of those recommendations or anything else. But like, and Robin, maybe this is a good question for you. Like how can fans who are outraged react to this and help push for a change? How can they make their, their voices heard? Again, I touched on before, obviously like f- a financial boycott of, of various forms is certainly a way to, to get the club's attention, but at the same time, potentially hurting the players by doing that. Like I see both sides of that one. What are your thoughts? Yeah, it is really um, a difficult uh, dichotomy <laughs> to, to think about, to consider because Absolutely. Money makes this world go round. There's no denying that. And money is the root of the love of money is the root of all this evil. We know that um, whether you're a Bible thumper or not. Um, So I definitely, you got to hit them where it hurts and it does impact them in the pocketbook. Um, There are other ways aside from impacting the players the Players Association has made it very abundantly clear that they do not want us to stop attending games. Yep. Um, so that is uh, something that, you know, the Lavender Legion, I'll speak for us, we were founded on the premise that uh, player support was our number one guiding principle. So we do not plan to cease attendance. Well, at least I know the board for the most part doesn't. I can't speak for the whole membership, but um you know, so going to games, they, there has also been uh, the list of sponsorships for the club have been released. So a lot of people, a lot of board members today began contacting sponsorships of the club and asking for uh, help slash opinion slash insight slash what are you going to do about this? Can you help us? The sponsors have a lot of leverage. Yeah. So that's, 
that's that's another big piece that the supporters have started to do. I don't know that anyone has successfully made contact yet, but it's only been a day. So, um, you know, what does Andy Dufresne say in Shawshank Redemption? They can't ignore me forever. So um, I, that's definitely, there's also talk of boycotting concessions and merchandise, which I think definitely can impact the organization with less impact on the players. I don't know how the money flows or how the cash flow works, but I just, um, I think that that's probably the most economically savvy way to financially stick it to the man. Um, and we're also demonstrating that the thing is you have to get off social media. It's not enough. Um, it has to be actionable support. It has to be put the money where you're, oh, here I say money. It has to be, you do what you champ, you know, clamor online about, you have to go and, and demonstrate and you have like, there's been talk of present of demonstrations in certain places that I won't disclose publicly because I don't want that to be deterred, but, um, there, you know, there's, there's going to be things that we have to physically stand in the way of any progress if we want the change to occur. Um, and honestly, I hate to say this, but um, I'm torn about as a as a content creator myself. I'm torn about what I do if they do nothing, um, because part of the reason I do what I do is to support and promote the team, but it also gives them free advertisement and free media. So how do I balance? what I love to do to support the players and the team as a labor of love. You all understand that. Yep. Um, and still have my moral conscience uh, in homeostasis because yeah. I, I, I where, 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 what do I do with that? Um, I, I will say my two cents. If, if you are looking to, maximize your leverage on the team while minimizing your financial impact on the players. I think just hounding and pestering the sponsors is probably your best Avenue. Yeah. Um, Also. I I think that's already being discussed, um, but like you can go to the games, you don't have to like play drums and cheer and that sends a really strong message. Yeah. Um, it even goes over to the little city side. And I, I mean, the players aren't idiots. I'm sure they've seen everything going on. And when they, when they, half of them have been in relationships. Yeah. Right. They're, they're going to, they're going to understand why. And I know it's difficult because you want to like literally cheer them on. You want to create that atmosphere to help them win. But at the same time, they'll get it. They'll know what's going on. So like, I don't, like, don't let that element of that be a hang up. The front uh, office has had no the- issue being silent for almost 48 hours. They can not list, they can listen to our silence for 90 minutes. And that's the argument. It sounds petty Betty. It sounds very like, well, you said, I said, but that's the truth. They cannot be silent another 24 hours. It's absolutely unacceptable. So they can, they can deal with 90 minutes of silence tomorrow. I covered a lot of ground. My head's spinning again. I know. Mine too. Yeah. 
I don't think sorry, we met. I, sorry, I didn't make more things, jokes, but... everybody. No. I think we, 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 we hit the high points and we kind of expressed our thoughts and opinions on, on a, a lot of elements of this. There's still a lot to sort through and I'm, I'm sure each of us are still kind of processing this in our own way. I know that I am. I've been distracted since it's come out and still wrestling with it. I don't know. It's tough. Yeah. How are you guys doing? Just like mentally. It has not been a good couple of days for me. No, me neither. Honestly. Um, it's brought up some past trauma for me as well. So it's been this weird balance of taking care of myself and taking care of the people around me, but also standing up for the people that need to be stood up for and work in between and try to <laughs> try to maintain a, my actual life outside of this. So uh, it's, I think once time, once I, once it gets quiet, if I have a day this week that it gets quiet and I don't have to talk to anybody about this and it actually starts to sink in, then I'll probably be a wreck for a few hours, but I don't know. I don't know. Tomorrow's going to be just going through the motions. I think it's going to be survival mode. We're all in survival mode. You know? I've been a very unhealthy combination of sad and angry. It's not unhealthy at all. <laughs> it's really not. It's not unhealthy. Oh, yeah, right there too. So I'm, I'm hoping something comes out sooner or later. Hopefully, and hopefully that something's not just words, but more so tangible change. It has. And we didn't even get to talk about the soccer ball. Oh, <laughs> they didn't even they didn't give us one podcast to talk about the soccer ball and the fun wins. I know we had we had one of our coolest wins for racing yet, and again. Like George Davis hours. told me my jacket was cool. It was one of the best moments of my life. Oh, it's all gone. Nice. It's all ruined it now. Looking good. It's so nice. It was a fun evening. Too bad it's like, yeah. Too bad it immediately fall on that. I heard you stole one of the one of the table dressings. Did you? You weren't supposed to say that. Is that unsubstantiated? The team knows already, but I'm 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 using it as part of my like player of the year raffle thing. So that was kosher. The other people took theirs. That was that wasn't kosher. At the time, I thought it was all right, but I talked to them. We're good. You ask permission, not forgiveness. Is that what I'm hearing? Well, I asked. I didn't get a response. I took when I was walking out. He's like, (laughs) Jeff's like, dude, I told you no. I'm like, I didn't actually go back and look and see if you responded. And then uh, since we're here, like. I was, I was walking out with him like, all right, fine. Like, cause I talked, I told him I was going to do it. I wasn't going to keep it. Like, I don't need a signed soccer. I can get one signed if I want one. And um, I'm walking out and George Davis said, Hey man, how you doing? Where'd you get that ball? Like, did you pay for that? I'm like, no, that was going on. I'm like, why am I the one person who got singled out walking out with a ball? Here, you get a compliment on your suit and George thinks I'm robbing the place. <laughs> <laughs> That's because you did rob the place. Gonna, I did, but it's going to be for it's going to go right back to the foundation. Sure, there we go. it is. You'll see. Okay, I believe you. Do you guys have anything to add? Is there anything that we forgot or didn't hit on? I'm trying to play back all my mind, but honestly, again, there's just so much to it. There's just so there, much happening. There is a lot, and I wish I had like six hours to record, uh, yeah. like my actual thoughts and feelings about every single page. 
um, that infuriates me, but I think it's important for people to know that maybe necessarily aren't close to the situation that, you know, back to the, the personality thing, Christy Holly manipulated all of us. Um, he truly made us think that he was someone that he was not. And we fell for it. I fell for it. Um, yeah, I did. Sure. You're not alone. Um, and I carry that guilt with me a little bit because, uh, you know, I don't know, you just become trusting and naively trusting. And you just, when you're, when you're in this organization that has said, we're, we're different from the rest of the teams, we're, we're, we do things the right way. Our culture speaks for itself. I guess you drink the Kool-Aid a little bit. Um, but it's important for people outside of our community, our soccer community to know that um, he deserves as much accountability as anybody else in the situation. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're putting a lot of pressure here on, on the front office, but let's not, let's not be around the bush at Christy Holly sucks. And, and yeah, I, I hope there's some accountability for his actions one yeah, day. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I think we mentioned this at the, at the start, just talking about the hiring process, but I think you can say that there need to be organizational changes. And that does not necessarily mean that the people in the organization were explicitly involved in a cover up in the way that did happen with some of these other instances, but still the organization as constructed allowed something like this to happen. 100%. And so regardless of it doesn't necessarily need to be like a personal individual, this person's bad and needs to go thing to just say, look, like people are people, but clearly the way this is structured needs to be structured in a different way. Apart from who is in, the positions mm -hmm. that they're just there needs to be a race more racing focused side of the front office and there needs to be people with more knowledge and involvement in the women's game in those positions bingo, bingo. that exactly so if, 100%. if i'm picking what specific thing i'm pushing for and because if the team is like well what are you asking us to change that's the thing i'm wanting to see change yeah that's well put exactly that and i was i wasn't always there i was like i think a big part of this is that every one of us the, the front office i think the fans even we've all like there's all an element of culture shock and we just didn't know what we were getting into with this league you know it's apples and oranges and when we didn't think it was that and i know the front office certainly didn't because they wouldn't be in this position if exactly then so brought the institutionalist out of me well i guess we'll go ahead and call things a wrap since i think we said most of what we're, we're going to say on it again as for the listeners i really encourage you that if you can read the report yourself so you can absorb all the details as you steal yourself it. first it's, if you can't find it we can get it to you so yeah it's not hard to find at this point but yes no. just let us know and we will get it to you so exactly. anyway not a very fun episode of the Vamos Marauders podcast. Thank you but, so uh, much for talking with us, Robin. Yeah, oh, we really appreciate I, it. You're welcome. I didn't do much of the talking at all, but you are welcome. 
<laughs> Sorry. No, I'm teasing. Yeah. It's fine. No, I appreciate the opportunity. Um, it's it, it's a been a little bit of a different perspective being on here with you guys because uh, it's weird watching men have trouble talking about this and I can tell that it bothers you. I, I know I'm not even trying to be a, be joking. Um, it's, it's very, very weird that, that you're talking about this and you're having a difficult time just, um, so I appreciate that from both of you that you are, you know, sincerely on our side and advocating for the same change that we need as, as not only the women's soccer, but as women in general and in any any in good. our population so good to talk about i know i've, I've talking with you guys very like just briefly individually through like text and and whatnot but it's different when you actually get to talk at, at length this isn't over <laughs> you know this is not going oh, yeah. away anytime soon we're going to have lots more conversations and lots more things and responses and emotions to get through and i think that if we just all stick together um We'll get through it. it. It won't be easy, but we'll we'll get through it. Yeah. Oh. Anyway, thanks again for for joining us again. Robin is the president of the Lavender Legion supporters group for for Racing Louisville. So keep an eye on their socials. I'm sure that they'll have more to say in the coming days. I know you guys put out a statement earlier today. For sure, we put uh, our official statement out this evening. So and I thought it was quite a good statement. Thank yeah. you, thank you. Our our board as a collaborative made that statement. So. I'm proud of us. I'm Benton. I'm Zach. And, and we will catch you guys next time, hopefully under happier circumstances. Take care, <laughs> y'all. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.